Happy summer, good people. This is Pastor Freddie T. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We've got a special guest today, and uh, it's a little bit of a mystery, So, uh, but I think you're going to enjoy it. JV and I, as usual, enjoy talking about all things Jesus and the scriptures and what's going on. So thanks for tuning in. God bless your summer. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, JV. Morning, Freddie. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm good. A little tired, but I'm good, man. It's Seven o'clock in the morning. One it day. feels so great outside. It does this morning. Yeah. How are you? Good. It's uh, summertime. You know when the kids don't have to go to school and get in car line. Yes. Getting here at six forty. It's usually good. Tough. Like it's usually good the first few weeks of summer, and then mm. you're like, go back to school. Oh no, I'd enjoy sleeping in a little bit. Six thirty at the office this morning was early. Oh yeah, I got you. Yeah. Oh you yeah, summer's a little slower. Yeah, I can start yeah. a little later and get here a little later. But six thirty yeah. was tough. But all right, I want to celebrate this yeah. morning because it just dawned on me. So you you you've got a new fella starting at your office yesterday. this week yesterday. yesterday. Yes. Uh, what, what can you, what do you want to tell us about that? Uh, you don't, you, you, oh no, nothing much. I'm just, uh, rearranging some business and, and hired a great guy. Uh, your uh, a friend of yours, you suggested we've had multiple meetings with him. He's just great. So he started yesterday. We couldn't be more excited. Served this country for a long time. I knew how many years it was. I've just forgotten, <laughs> uh, probably over 20 and, uh, He's he's uh, he's transitioning out of the military, and we were fortunate enough he chose us here well, at Benson Law. This is what I was struck by this morning. Yeah, is one morning you and I prayed right here on this couch on we our did. knees for God's provision. Yeah, for the right person. Yeah, he's right. And I mean, what, was it within weeks? I think it was within a couple of weeks. You within called, a within yeah. a couple of weeks, the yeah. Lord had connected you guys. Yeah. Um, I so I just so I'm just thinking our pod, you know. So much of life is just persevering. So much of life is just enduring. And for those that are listening to the podcast today, this week marks a milestone of the fruit of you persevering here in God providing. So for those of you that are just hanging on, I'm celebrating that. That's great. It will come. Yes. At least on this side, maybe on the other. Who knows? What else is going on, man? Oh, I don't know. It was pretty. We stayed uh, outside a lot this weekend. I am sore. When you were growing up, did people randomly drop in at your house? <laughs> okay, so the story is. <laughs> you got you to gotta answer the question. We got a little pool in the backyard, and uh, Sunday. You have a pool in your backyard. We went to uh, dinner with some of the community group, community group couple, uh, uh, and uh, got home at 6, fixed some dinner. In-laws showed up. I got my hands in raw chicken, and then here's Freddie FaceTiming me. I was like, I ain't got time for that tonight. And so I cook chicken, and we're doing all this, have dinner, say hi to the in-laws. Rachel and I decided to get in the pool and float a little bit, and there comes the whole white clan. Splash, you, splash, splash. You know, you know, when I FaceTimed you, we weren't, we hadn't even discussed coming uh, over to your house. Oh, I got you. I was just, so on Sunday when I told the Pete and repeat joke to open my sermon, uh-huh. when I said, raise your hand if you haven't heard of it, 
When, oh. I, when I got home, Susan told me that you guys raised your hands. Yeah. And I couldn't. In both services, about half the people had never heard of the joke. And I thought, what? What? Never How heard have they it. not heard Pete and Repeat? I didn't even get it. <laughs> yeah. Rachel I, had to explain it to me. Well, I didn't I didn't <laughs> deliver it well because I just assumed everybody knew it, right? And um, uh, so, the, as the joke goes, Pete and Repeat were sitting on a fence. Now, my kids corrected me when I got home and said, Dad, it's not a fence. It's a boat. Pete and Repeat were sitting on a boat. You <laughs> and know? you said so, who was left, and you kept putting yeah, Pete yeah, on your left. Yeah, so yeah, I'm thinking, uh-huh. oh, it's a trick because yeah, 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 Pete's right. on the left. All right. So, so for, for those of you that didn't hear the sermon yet, Pete and Repeat are sitting on a boat. Pete falls off. Who's left? You thought I was saying directional left. Uh-huh. I was saying who's still sitting on the boat. Yeah. And so, who was still sitting on the boat, JB? Uh, repeat. That's right. Okay, I'll repeat it. You know, <laughs> Pete and repeat are sitting on a boat. So, anyways, that was the joke, right? And you had never heard it. So, I was just going to FaceTime you and just do the Pete and repeat joke just to annoy you. Yeah, well. Well, you didn't answer because you had your hands in the chicken and your in-laws were there. And and, uh, and so, instead of getting a Pete and repeat FaceTime video, I get... Three kids, that would be including you, pull, swimming around in my pool. Uh, I pull hour. up and I, I holler, you guys got bathing suits on? <laughs> most I, most like, of us did. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, boys. And, and they just they just sprint to your pool and cannonball. Well, we had to come get your wheelchair that we brought you on your 50th it would have been, birthday. It would have been your wheelchair, but yeah. thank you for letting me borrow it for a week. That's right, uh, that's right. I was going to bring it to church and wheel you down the aisle, but I didn't. So Yeah, yeah. Last night... I got together with Brent Moore yeah. and Courtney, yes. Brett Vaden and Rachel, Ben Reed and Laura. That's legacy for how many decades now? Oh man, three. I, I was four? their I was their camp counselor when they were in middle school, and now they're forty and I'm forty four. Yeah, right. And um, we had the best time. Uh, ben serves at a church, uh, uh, Cross Point Church, and he's their campus pastor at Mount Juliet. And uh, Brett serves in St. Louis as a discipleship pastor for the Journey Church. And uh, Brent is a pastor of Life Church in El Paso. And we've just been lifelong friends. And rarely are we all in the same, uh, rarely are we all in the same town. We all went to UT Martin. I didn't know that. Everybody everybody pokes fun and say, well, they followed you to UT Martin. Well, whatever. Uh, ben started in vet school at Knoxville. And then God called him to ministry, and he changes and goes to Martin. Brett started at Martin, ended up at Moody. He finished at Moody, but Brent finished at Martin, and then and then and then all four of us went to Southern Seminary. So all four of these guys grew up in Clarksville. They all went to Clarksville High School. Uh, Go Wildcats. Anyways, last night we we fixed them a a, a feast for a king, for kings and. Uh, Susan and I did, and it was so life-giving hanging with that crew. That's great. We did no kids, just adults. It was awesome. That's great. So I'm coming off that last night. No, it's just great to see the legacy. So the time that you spend in investing in people, it does come back around, at least, you know. Yeah, if you want to see who these people are, go to my Facebook, and I just posted a picture of all of us from last night. So. Sweet. Hey, we got a special guest this morning. It's a mystery. Mystery, it's mystery. Mystery. So, uh... Let's let let let's let's build it up. He's a doctor. He is a doctor. He is a doctor. He works for a doctor. No, no, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. I'll explain it. He's a doctor. <laughs> he does work for a doctor. I just stumped you. Um, no, he's a, he is a doctor. Uh, 
He's got the best he's, voice he, ever. He's too. a dad. He's a dad. And a husband. Yes. Yes. He probably is our most avid podcast listener. Yeah. He definitely provides the most encouragement. Yes. So I was like, all right, you can't keep talking about the podcast and not be on it. There's probably about seven or eight people that I have in the empty chair here every week yes. that I think about who's listening, oh, I love and, he, that. and he's one of them. So that's Daniel Cox. He always says, put somebody in the chair that you're talking to there this morning. Got DJ Daniel Cox. And, he's uh, over there. And Kleiner's one of Oh, whoa. Who, who? Who'd you say? I don't say anything. Well, Go ahead. Let's well, go. well, we're going to come right back <laughs> and interview who you just slipped. <laughs> I didn't know it was a complete secret. Check it off. Let's take a break. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But man, don't we have a lot of excuses for why we don't honor the Lord with our money? You know, ministry takes money. And when you give, God's work is propelled forward. I want to ask you to pray today. Pray and ask God to strengthen your faith, to deepen your resolve, to invest in His work, in His ministry, Worship the Lord today through your giving. Make a sacrifice. Set up recurring giving so that even when you can't be present at church, your gift is present. Simply text MISSION to 97000 to set up giving today. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Give to the Lord. And we are back. That was a fast 10 seconds, wasn't it, oh, No, no, we're back. Oh, really? Yeah, we're back. That was not 10 seconds. Well, yeah, I don't know. You DJ Daniel Cox over there. I oh, my gosh. I think he lied to Daniel us. Daniel just gave us a 10-second update, and three seconds later, he's, <laughs> like you're he's talking pointing to me. at me, and we're back on. Freddie, we do have a guest this morning. We have actually one, two, three, four, five people in the lounge this morning. It's a party in the lounge, right? <laughs> oh, my right. gosh. It's 7 in the morning. We've got some friends up from Stone Rudolph and Henry learning how to podcast, yeah. so we're training them up on... Our vast knowledge and experience <laughs> Which on is podcasting, Daniel knowledge. <laughs> and uh, and the one, the only, the legendary Justin <clears throat> Kleinard. What's up? Pleasure, fellas. Thank you for the invite. Uh, it's so good to have you on, man. I don't, I don't like being on this side of it, but uh, so I don't know how I'll be able to listen to it later. Welcome, thank you. Yeah. welcome to the crew, brother. Hey, uh, listen, I was a communication major at UT Martin, and I literally had to read a book and record myself and listen to myself like over and over and over and over again. Yeah. It was, yeah. And, and then we had to do that in seminary, listen to our sermons. So yes, listen to yourself and so, let it be nails on a chalkboard. That's what, that's what it will be. Sometimes you, you get jaded to sin. Unfortunately, that's just sometimes the reality that we have to work through. And sometimes you get jaded to how awful your voice sounds on, on recording. You've got a great podcast I voice, Jamie. Right. I've worked and, on it. And, and Justin, I know his voice is going to sound great. great. Hey, what's your full name? Justin, Larry Lewis Kleiner. Come on, you four got names. four names. Four names, yes, four. That my yeah. wife did not know about until I think we were already married or about to be married. So when you uh, fill out an application and it says first name, question. middle name, last name, suffix, where do you put the double? Is it first? Is it Larry Lewis? Is that your? Is it like a double it, middle name? Yeah, Larry Lewis. Is it hyphenated? Um, it's not hyphenated. Okay. Um, Larry is my dad's name, um, and Lewis is my mother's maiden name. Um, so on my driver's license, my name looks like Justin Larry Louis Kleinard because there's not enough letters. Uh, so uh, Larry Louis. I was about yeah, to say, they so give it, you like, you know, this tiny thing to put like but, a 37 but, letters in very, there for your Very life. limited space. So uh, <laughs> this whole thing is so much fun uh, right now. 
you have four names, and it and the two in the middle are Larry Lewis. This is so good, Justin. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and share you know share initials with you know the greatest person ever walked the face of the earth. So JC is good initials. So yes, make yes. sure to pass those to my son as well. JC. So. Oh, I get it so. now. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, Justin, <laughs> Larry, Lewis, Kleinard on the podcast. Yeshua Christos. Uh, yeah. So I'm this doctor thing. I'm confused. All right, tell us about. I, this is funny. So, this is funny. So not a doctor in the way the JV is. Um, <laughs> oh, he has a piece, piece of paper that shows he's a really qualified doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I work for a local franchise that's locally owned and operated, service in the Middle Tennessee area, a lawn doctor. Um, so technically I am a doctor. I do have certifications through the state. Again, not not as fancy as JV over yeah. here. but uh, So I am a doctor. Um, so um, got good, into Good folks at lawn doctor. Great, excellent. They're great uh, folks. We, we, first time I was eating lunch with Justin, he told me he was a doctor. I was like, really? And and then he like, cracks it, you know. Yeah, yeah lawn doctor. Yeah, it's like, oh, gotcha. Freddie was really impressed at first. <laughs> you, just, you just see a crash there. Well, look, can I say just a couple of things? So you preached last July, I believe. June. June. Yeah, right. my wife was a nervous wreck. She had just had a kid about five days before yes, that. Yes, she did. Um, so she was absolutely nervous. Yes, uh, that was amazing. So she was a wreck. I was fine, but she, she was I nervous. can't remember what was going on. You were out of town. Well, maybe, but I but I had not I had not lined up who was going to preach. And, and Justin, on his way out that the morning before, was like, let me know if you ever need anything. And I, I, you may have mentioned preaching. I can't remember. I, I did when we went through the path. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so which was, so anyways, I don't know if I pinged you that afternoon or the next day. I gave him more. Were you on spring up. break having fun with your kids in San Antonio? <laughs> um, <laughs> JV's got one of those yeah. requests. Okay. So anyway, you preached, but you had been in ministry before. Uh, to some extent, yes. You know, you grew up in the Methodist church. So I, you know, I served there as, you know, a, a semi lay speaker. Okay. Uh, you know, if anybody's got a Methodist background, they'll understand that, um, uh, Served as staff parish from about 20 years old to about 23. Okay. So, and how would you define staff parish? Um, so it's the person who's in charge of all the staff at the church. So the preacher, associate preacher, um, you know, all the way down to janitor. You provide, you direct them? Direct them, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you enjoy that? Uh Yes, um, I learned a I lot. Think that was a no. uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a no. It, I mean, it, to be in uh, charge of anybody at twenty years old is a big responsibility. Yeah, to be it, in charge of the church people is really big. Yeah, especially as a twenty-year-old. Um, it, it's it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed my time doing. It. I learned a lot. Um, yeah. I felt like I was you know putting that spot at that time for a reason. Um, so it really prepared me for later on. Yeah, so good, Justin, uh, Larry, Lewis, Kleiner. <laughs> who makes up your family? Um, so my, my family, I have my mom and dad, um, who were absolutely amazing. Um, some of the hardest working people, um, you know, they, they love Jesus and that's super important. Um, I have a brother and a sister I have a younger brother. He's about 18 months or 22 months younger than me. And I have a sister who's about 18 months older. Um, she, her husband, Brad, and then uh, they've got three kids who, are great. They're right in line with the ages of my three. Oh yeah. Um, and then I have my, you know, my bride, Amanda, um, and then our three kids, Adelie, who will be seven in August, Angelie, who will be four in September and Jack, who just turned one. Jack. Good, good name. name. Good, good, good name. strong name. Good name. So. Yeah. How's the family doing? They're great. Um, summertime. So they're about to drive my wife crazy. Cause she's a school teacher. Um, so, uh, every day I come home and, uh, 
you can tell pretty quick if it's been a good or bad day. So uh, they uh, sometimes they drive her crazy. And then, like, yesterday I got home and, like, it was kind of eerie because everything was nice and calm and they had had a great day. Uh, now, now, your bride, she is her new job public? Yes, yes. She'll be teaching at Chapel Hill yes, Christian after, Academy. Yeah, after about 10 years in the school system, um, you know, we felt the Lord calling her to that. And then, you know, Freddie brings in people to preach and uh, talk to us. And uh, so that, that really didn't, uh, I guess that helped with the direction that we were asking for. Um, so, yeah, she's been blessed with a great opportunity at Chapel Hill. Um, she's really excited. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it was nervous at first. I mean, anytime you change, you know, that's, that's a lot. So, you know, change is hard and uh, just, you know, um, asking God for his direction. Uh, and, you know, as anybody know that's, that's prayed for direction, it, it doesn't come easy or you're not paying attention enough to catch it. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we feel extremely blessed and she is, she's in such a great place with it. Was she teacher of the year the year before? Like, I think she's been teacher of the year a couple of times. Yes. Uh, most recently this past year at Sango. So, so amazing. She, yeah. She's got a great heart for a teacher. She, yeah. she really does. So one of our mission partners, one of our local mission partners that we invest in is Chapel Hill Christian Academy. They're a brand new school, getting going, dynamic leadership uh, by Sarah Hendricks. My wife has the privilege of, of teaching there as well. And um, uh, so we're excited to be able to, invest in that school to help them get going as so many invested in us as a church to help us get going um chapel hill is going into their third year and um they'll they meet living hope baptist church and it'll be at first baptist church and then hilldale baptist and they're growing they're really glad to have your bride well we're, we're so thankful to be there i mean seeing the hand of god and what it's done in that school is just uh it's absolutely amazing okay you host and facilitate the community group yes yep yes yep Tell so, us about your community group. Uh, so 24 people uh, every Wednesday. Holy uh, cow. So we, uh, it, that includes my family. Um, so That includes kids, too, I that guess. That includes yeah. kids, okay. yes. Yeah. So you, you know, have we, a lot of kids. We have like 12 kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you um, go. Now, granted, you know, <clears throat> I have three and the Turners have four, so that that's the biggest portion of them there. Um, so <clears throat> we've got a great community group. Uh, the Turners are in there. Uh, the Fambros are in there. Um the verbuses are in there. Um, now, had you ever hosted a group in your home before hosting? Never. No, okay. never. My wife thought we were crazy. Okay. All right. For so, about six weeks, thought we were crazy. Yeah. So, so there's probably <laughs> others that listen to the podcast that know we're launching community groups in the fall, that know as our church is growing, we need more community groups. Um, and your wife thought you were crazy. So yes. was there any bargaining you did with her on on uh yeah i just signed us up to host one and facilitate <laughs> uh so i just did it uh and then i said hey by the way we're gonna have a you know at first we were like what if nobody signs up for the group what if nobody shows up we did not have that problem for very long um so we, we had a great group uh this past year uh, we're excited for this one you know it, it is a lot of of work um but just with anything else you have to be super intentional with your time and your planning um, we eat great every Wednesday. Yeah. So uh, some groups, some groups do dinner. Mm -hmm. Some groups don't. You guys, do? You, how do you guys do the meal? So we decided, uh, you know, Amanda and I did that we would provide the main course um, as long as I made it every week. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But we decided we would provide the main course um, and that everybody else would just throw in sides and okay. bring stuff. And that you know, is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, so you don't have to do that no. if you host a community group. But that's great hospitality. 
for you guys. I mean, that's a great ministry. It, it's hard to learn on an empty stomach. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, some of, the, <laughs> some of the best conversation we have is at the dinner table. Of you know, course. there were some weeks we never left our dining room table. Yeah. So typically, you know, we would, you know, sit down and eat, and then the kids would go upstairs with the child care workers that are provided, and then we would work our way to the living room. And there were some weeks we never left the dining room table. That's and that, cool. And that was some of our best weeks. What What's <laughs> the hardest thing about hosting a group for you? And is, um, and is the hosting piece harder for you, or is the facilitating more difficult? Well, I really like to talk, so the facilitating was pretty <laughs> so easy. you got to shut uh, your mouth no, no, I will, to yes, be a good facilitator. I, you do, and my wife told me that several times. She said, you have to stop talking. Um, so for those who haven't been in a community group or who are going to be in one, just prepare yourself for the first few weeks. It is going to be awkward. There has to be silence to get through. So, of course, me, just being a natural speaker, I, I was trying to fill that silence. Yeah. Well, you just can't do that. Yeah. You, you have to, you know, and luckily Amanda was 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 smart enough to point that out to me because uh, I didn't see it myself. So just be prepared for the awkward the awkwardness um, uh, and just let that silence be uh, to improve the conversation. So, But it's, uh, you just, with anything else, you have to be super intentional with your time and your focus with it um, and just be prepared. And the most important thing is spend time with God praying, that's and good, talking man. about what you're going to yes. do that Wednesday. Um, yes. You can tell a huge difference in, you know, how well the group went that week if you spend time, you know, with God that week. I love that. Yeah, getting prayed up, prepared. Um, I, I think there's probably people listening to the podcast today that could be great hosts and great facilitators this fall. Um, uh, you had never done that, JV. What do you well, No, I was just going to say, so I had, I had lunch with um, – I had lunch with associate pastor Newsbomber last week. <laughs> Timmy! And, uh, and, uh, and so I told him, I said, we were talking about different hats, and I told him, I said, the one that takes the most time, the most energy, the most spiritual energy, um, the one that can be a little stressful uh, is community group, facilitation, because we don't yeah. host because we do it on Sunday morning. And it, it is absolutely the most rewarding thing. Yeah. Amen. So you just heard it. You heard it keeping it real from Justin. You heard awkward. <laughs> you heard, you heard all, you know, stressful and all that stuff. So, so in all seriousness, there are so many people, Freddie, that are on the fence, speaking of Pete and repeat on the fence about whether they should do it. And what they're thinking is exactly what Justin Kleinard said. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be awkward. I don't really want to just go eat with people. I don't know. This is going to be kind of different. Go. Commit just like we did the summer teaching yeah. series. Just commit. Do what Justin did for Amanda. Yeah. Just sign up. Susan, Susan, <laughs> just Susan sign and I up. have a saying: we can do anything for a year. Yes. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. as a couple. Like I mean, that got us through some early years of marriage. <laughs> we can do anything for a year. And um, and you know, so so community groups run from September to May. You know, so we're not asking you to be a community group host or facilitator for the rest of your life at real life. Uh, but commit for. September through May and test the water. See how to, now with your group, um, Justin, did everybody know everybody before your group started? No. Um, so we, we did have a few people who knew others just, you know, from being at church together or being in the school system teaching. Um, we were heavy. We had like three or four teachers, I believe in our yeah, group. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, we didn't really know a lot of people. Uh, and, and like I said, you know, if you're on the fence, just do it. So our, we like to say with our community groups, it's where strangers become friends, friends become family. And then when it when it's really firing on all cylinders, those family that family grows together as disciples. So would you say that's been your experience 
Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, you really, I mean, you get to know these people because you, you talk about, you know, most of the time you try to follow what uh, the community group leaders send out as far as questions. It gives you good guidance. Sometimes you may hit every question if you're like my wife and a teacher and you want to start at the top and go to the bottom. Um, and there's sometimes you may only hit one or two questions. And sometimes you may completely end off in right field depending on where, you know, the people in your group are at that week, depending yeah. on what they have going on. Yeah. Um, so to be clear, uh, in, in hosting, you can host and not facilitate a group. Mm-hmm. You can facilitate, not host, or you can do both. You do both. We do both, yeah. And um, facilitating is not teaching a Bible study. We give you the discussion questions, and it's really coming off of the sermon saying, okay, how are we, how we going to apply this now? Monday through Saturday, real life, like, how are we going to apply it? Um so if you're feeling like, oh, gosh, I don't have a Bible degree or I just really kind of started walking with Jesus, you know, um, it, you might be able to be a good facilitator. If, if you're like, oh, I don't like leading a conversation, you may be a great facilitator. Justin likes leading a conversation, and it's a struggle sometimes for him to not talk and let others and invite others. So, well, thank you for hosting and leading a group. Um, you serve faithfully at Real Life too. What, what ministry team do you serve on? So I serve on two. Um, my, my favorite one's probably the path. And the only reason is it doesn't, you don't have to get up at 5 a.m. to do it. Um, <laughs> or as Pat Pierce will tell me, you know, 5.30. Uh, sometimes I'm a little late depending on the time of the year. Um, so I serve with Pat Pierce and the load in or load out team. I'm not Patrick. sure which one it is. Load in. That's load, load in. in. Okay, so we're taking and putting everything in. Um, that is a great team. Um, the guys on there were designed for that. Tell us uh, what you do. Um, so we, we show up early. Uh, you know, everybody else gets there around five. I'm usually, you know, five fifteen to five thirty guy. Shake it off. Um, and we take everything from the back of the city forum and put it out in its spot where it goes. And what you see is the finished product on Sunday mornings. Um, you get to touch every ministry there. Um, so if you're getting up early in the mornings, we would love to have you. Again, we, we have a great team. Th- those guys, I can't speak highly enough about them. I mean, I'm just a really small piece to that puzzle. Um, but there's a lot of great men on there um, who, again, you know, may not want to lead a community group or, you know, may not want to serve on the welcome team, but yet they're willing to come in and work for, you know, Jesus every morning. It's so good, it's man. a great team. And then I serve with Sam and Julia uh, on the PATH team. They do a phenomenal job leading that. What I is mean, the PATH? So the PATH is your second step in real life. After you go to the seven-minute party, uh, we get you signed up to go to the PATH. Uh, and that's where you really learn what we do. You learn our core values. You learn how our church operates. Um, you get to you get to hear about Sam and this sandwich that's – it's the greatest story you'll ever hear. So if you haven't been to the PATH, I encourage you to sign up for the PATH. You'll hear that story. It'll make sense then. Um, but you learn about real life. You learn about the history of it um, and why we're doing what we're doing here. Why do you serve life. on that team? <laughs> I just want to touch as many people as possible. Um, and, and it is very, it's hard to, when you go to a church for the first time or you go to a new church, especially if you're used to like a denomination like, you know, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, um, when you come to a church like Real Life, it can be kind of a shock because it's not your, it's not what you're used to. Um, and I think educating people on what we, on, on why we do what we do and how we do what we do is super important. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're just trying to reach people for Jesus. Like that, yeah, you know, that, that's our goal. Yes. Um, and, and being able to do that through the path is just, su- I feel like it's super impactful. 
Uh, again, Sam and Juliet do a phenomenal job leading that. Yes, they do. Uh, and again, I just get to be a really small piece of it, uh, and and I get to meet everybody. That's so cool. Uh, and you, so you get to it's know so more cool. names, you get to see more faces, uh, and get to hear more people's stories. So I love uh, it. I love serving on that. I so appreciate your willingness to serve. There's a great camaraderie on the mm-hmm. load-in team. Oh, yeah. Waffle House every uh, Sunday morning. Yeah, so you can get up early, mm-hmm. load it all in, go eat Waffle House with the guys, um, and – and then the path. So if you want to know, well, how do I learn about these opportunities mm-hmm. to serve? You actually go to the path mm-hmm. and you get to hear about every opportunity to serve. Yeah, in the I'll church. tell you a funny story real quick. If we have time, yeah, uh, man. Scotty Samuels has been putting chairs out since the creation of chairs. <laughs> um, Scott does a great job. Um, I remember my, I think it was like our second, I think our first or second Sunday we heard about, you know, the load in team. I was like, I get up pretty early. I was like, I'll just go check it out and see what they do. And so I walk in the door. It's like, you know, five o'clock and there's Scotty and he's like, can I help you? <clears throat> and I'm like, yeah, I'm just here to, to help. He's like, you're here to help. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here to help. I said, I heard that y'all set up at 5am. I said, so I'm just here to help. He's like, nobody asked you to come or nobody sent you. And I'm like, no, so I just figured I'd show up and see what y'all do. And he's like, well, come here and let me show you these chairs. So uh, if you want to be a big part of it, that's a good way to it. Cause it's a lot of chairs to set up and uh you know, so you're actually, you know, doing some really good work there. So, but the, yeah, Scotty was amazed that I just chose to show up. So good, man. Well, it may be obvious because we just talked a good bit about it, but what would you say you, what do you love most about real life? Just how real it is. I mean, it's, it's so easy to just, you know, go through life on autopilot every day. Um, and, you know, when you ask somebody how they're doing, you know, Mark Mark does a good job of this in the path when he talks about uh, one of his core values. Uh, it's so easy just to go through the motions. Um, so I think just keeping it real and being honest with people uh, and the transparency, like, yeah, no, I didn't have a good week. You know, you know, just on the way here, my wife and I got in an argument trying to get three kids ready for church. So, um, you know, just, just, just how truthful it is. You know, that grace and truth in relationships is really important. Um, you know, I've always leaned to have more truth than grace in most of my relationships, which isn't good and healthy. Um, so being able to embrace that and work through that and having that balance of grace and truth um, is super important. You know, when you first hear that, you're like, ah, I don't know about this, but it, it's super important to have that good balance. And so I think being able just to grow uh, I, you know, and equip and empower. I hate to throw all the values out here. Oh no, you're if just I, trying if, to show off this if, morning. If, if, I, if I miss, if I miss one, JV will catch it. <laughs> but uh, so just, uh, just the, just the values and how, you know, they're not just something we put on a sign that's up on Sunday mornings, um, but something that's lived out by everybody there. So good, man. One final question before we pivot to our next segment: what, what do people get wrong about? Justin, Larry, Lewis, Kleinert. <laughs> what, what, what do they think that might not be right? What, it, where do people misunderstand you? Where do people get you wrong? I think it depends on which Justin you know. Okay. Um, if you know the Justin from about 15 to about 21, uh, you probably got a lot of truth uh, right there. Um, so, you know, I look at it, I look at it two ways. So, <clears throat> you know, there's Justin Kleinert, um, and then there's <clears throat> Justin Clyde in Christ. Come on. Um, and so I've made, and I still fall short every day. I mean, that's just the cross that I have to carry. I'm just going to fall short every day. Um, but th- there's probably a lot of correct opinions about how Justin was when he was younger. Um, but now, I mean, I just want people when they see me to see somebody who loves Jesus. Um, being a husband's the greatest thing I've ever done. 
Um, being a dad is up there right behind it. Um, so I just want people to know that I love Jesus. I love my wife and I really love my kids too. So what I'm hearing you say is folks that knew you early on, they may think they know you, but now Jesus has transformed your life. Everything, everything's been washed away. And, and, and it's not something that washed away is in the fact that, you know, it's never talked about or that didn't happen. You know, it's there, but you know, now I know, you know, that that was, I was wrong in that time of my life. You know, I made decisions that didn't align with Christ. So, you know, now granted I have my, what I think are correct opinions about tax policy and stuff like that. Um, but most of the things now is, you know, this isn't Justin's opinion. You know, this is what I think because I believe in Christ. Yeah, man. Uh, and again, I am not perfect. Uh, yeah. you know, last night at dinner, uh, you know, we're sitting there trying to feed three kids and I get frustrated with my wife and, you know, so again, I'm not perfect, you know, just because, you know, I've given my life to Christ and I try to spend as much time with them as possible. I volunteer at church on Sundays, you know, we're there every Sunday. We're super intentional about not missing. doesn't mean I do everything the right way. Yeah. I still mess up. Trust yeah. me, probably more than anybody listening to this, but, um, you know, it's just something every day. I just have to die to my own selfish decisions and just try to live for Christ every day. And again, it's not easy, but. Well, what I love is that the Lord is sovereign over shaping us into the image of Jesus. In Philippians 1, 6, he said, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And the scriptures, one of my favorite images is God is the potter and we're the clay. So he's molding us. Even last night around the dinner table, he's molding you, you know, molding us. And that's what I'm hearing you say is that is that somewhere along your journey, God began to mold you into a new man. The scripture says, behold, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And yeah. uh, that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, I think there's certain life events that, that draw you back into, you know, I've went to church my entire life. But I think there's certain life events that happen that get you to dive deeper into your faith. You know, whether that's a tragedy or something happens. You know, for me, it was, you know, getting fired from a job that, you know, I put nearly a decade into and put my identity into to get my attention to see, hey, this this isn't, that's not your identity. That's not who you are. You know, for a lot of people, it's having kids. So, right, right. you know, it's there's stuff that happens that gets you focused on your faith. Some people learn really easy. I envy those people. I, you know, I always choose to learn the hard way. So uh, <laughs> just just very thankful for his unending grace. Amen. Amen. Well, JV, we're going to dig into the sermon, but first, let's take a break. Sounds good. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday in real life. We believe God has put you in the neighborhood and in the job and at the ballpark or at the gym, right where he wants you to influence and invite others into his story, into a relationship with him. So here's today's challenge. Text a friend right now. Stop what you're doing. Send them a message and invite them to join you at Real Life this Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it'll be their first step into a relationship with God. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at Real Life. So text that friend today. Well, it has been fun to listen, Justin, to just a snippet of who you are and your background and your family and what real life and what Jesus has done to help transform who you are. It's really great stuff, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed it as much as I have. You mentioned something about tax policy. It was so weird because Freddie... On Sunday morning, you talked a little bit about tax policy, I think. <laughs> well, I think Roman tax policy, uh, as as Dr. Luke had, had given this story, 
Um, and I think you did a great setup. It was the peat and repeat. So every we have a four minute drive home. So don't be jealous, folks. They're driving from I don't know Dotsonville Road or something like that. But so Max said this week we always critique. Critique means we honor the giving of the word. Uh, and so when we say critique, so Max said, I said, well, everybody, did you enjoy church? Did you learn something? And Max said, yeah, Dad. But I just didn't understand what the story was about. <laughs> and uh, or not Max, it was Nella because Max was at home. And I said, oh, it's the Pete and the repeat. So I just didn't understand. Uh, and so she didn't understand the joke just like I didn't understand the joke. <laughs> so if you didn't get the Pete and repeat and the correlation to the sermon, I thought it was really cool because it was a riddle which had a devious intent. It uh, landed so much better than I thought it was going to. Yeah. 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 So uh, you did Luke 20 verses. I can't see. My, my, it's too far away. Verse 19, I think. So I'm not going to go back through that. I, I'll tell you what, what hit me. What hit me was I do a community group at 10 o'clock um, at the lounge at the city forum. Um, that means I'm at church at 830. We quit community group in May. Going to start back in September, which means... My lazy, you know what, is still in the still at the house for ten o'clock service. So we've enjoyed summer times because we have to come to church later. So at eight forty, I'm sitting there enjoying my not having to go to church right at that time or maybe earlier. And associate pastor Newsbomber <laughs> texts me and says, "Hey, we need some coins. We need some coins <laughs> uh, for an illustration that you used uh, during your service." So we were like ramshacking the house. That's we finally so funny. found 170 pennies. I look at you. Y'all guys. had quarters and stuff. I was oh, like, "Take everything we can get." Who's giving quarters? Uh, so we gave some pennies. But so my takeaway was my takeaway was really, really appreciated your hyperlink. If you heard last week's podcast, your hyperlink from when Jesus asked whose image and inscription is on that coin, Daenerys, you brought it all the way back to Genesis 1, 26, 27. I think it was just, I think it was just beautiful because we, Justin just finished talking about getting fired from a job and his value was in his job and maybe it's kids, maybe it's a wife, maybe it's whatever social status. Um, I think Jesus did more than just unravel a riddle, get out of being tricked into getting in trouble with Roman authorities so he would be get in trouble and go to prison or get killed. I think he was saying a lot about the people he was talking to. You know, he didn't just say image, which is just this huge, huge thing of how God created us in his image. We weren't an animal. We were an image of God when he created us. And by the way, that's created prior to our creation. That was prior to any creation. Psalm's very clear about that, that he knew us before there was time. Um, And so he created us in an image. We are very, very valuable because we are his representation here in his creation. So one, I thought that was just, I have never heard that before. Oh, love it. With that story. I haven't. It's always good when I can but, he, but you know, he says, but he, he didn't stop there. I told right away. So last night for an hour and a half, no lie, we're pulling the Septuagint. If you don't know what the Septuagint is, very simple. Uh, it is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. 
So I like to see intent of words. You know, we talk about this every week. So I'm trying to find, for those that haven't taken Greek, I have not. And Freddie, you can appreciate this. We're trying to track these Greek words in the Septuagint, trying to see. Jonathan does every week what my Greek professor warned me about. Watch out. Watch these guys and get a little word Rachel's study. Like They're we're, dangerous. We're copying the Greek word over the Septuagint, trying to figure Figured out what it is for every word that's inscription. I just thought it was int- intriguing, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll be quiet. Uh, no, tell us more. The inscription. So he didn't just say whose image right. is on that coin. Yes. He says whose image. Whose likeness and inscription. And inscription. Why yes. would he put the inscription? What's well, there for a reason? And by the way, the image also, because I'm doing Sabbath, I'm going to be teaching that in about a month. It's, it's, it's rule two. In the Ten Commandments. The, the Ten Commandments says, God said, do not make a carved image of anything on earth or anything in heaven. And, and to me, it's just, you can't contain God. You're going to try to make him, you know, we always grew up watching the pictures of Jesus on some Bible story. You cannot contain God. God lives outside of our abilities to understand, outside of time. And so we are not to make an image of him, rule two. But I just really thought it was intriguing in the inscription. And so mm-hmm. I spent more time than I should have last night. I was trying to get to bed about 8.30. I did not make it. It was like 9.15. Uh, and I don't know that I have a great answer, but I do know this, that he said inscription, and that's the word epigrapho. Grapho just means to write. Epi means to write on top of. Um, actually to cut away, to inscribe. And uh, I can't get away that he said it for a reason. You did In God We Trust, which was so cool. That's why we got the coins, I think. But where did he take his finger and inscribe something? I mean, sit there in Exodus 20, 20, the Ten Commandments. He took his finger into two unliving tablets of stone and wrote what? He wrote his... Testimony. It says it's the it's the tablets of testimony. He wrote who he was. We call it the Torah, the Torah. But he wrote who he was, his character, and what he wanted his people to be. Wow. And when he says inscription, I cannot not think hmm. that we have been inscribed with himself, not just made in his image, but we have been inscribed with who he is in his testimony. If you look at that word in the Greek, I mean the Hebrew testimony, it's witness. We have been inscribed with the the abilities to have the wonderfulness of telling people how great God is. That Justin Kleiner's our value. Break this down. Mm-hmm. You take everything you just said mm-hmm. and in a sentence oh, to a third grader. Oh my gosh. What did you just say? I said this. That before there was anything, God had already formed that third grader into who the person he was going or she was going to be, already set before time. And he has inscribed upon every person that's willing to bow the knee and repent to be valuable because he set them apart and has inscribed who he is on their soul. Yeah. Yeah. That's our value. Yeah. The value is not what you do, where you go, how old you are, how much money you have, how little money you have, where you live. 
it, that's not value. So the connection then when Jesus says, give to Caesars what is Caesars, give to God's what is God's, after asking them about the image and the inscription, what's he saying? Caesar wanted everyone to know how great he was. And what did he do? <laughs> that's right. He not only put statues up, but on mammon, on money, he inscribes his face or silhouette. Isn't that funny? How we can't serve God and mammon, and here Caesar not only has the mammon, but he puts his image on it. Yeah, but what if we are the mammon, Fred? Listen, if we are God's instruments for spiritual economy, who has he put his image on? Yes. Who has he inscribed his value on? Yes. We are God's <clears throat> spiritual economy. This is why it silenced those religious leaders. Because they, they understood what he was saying, but they rejected it. They understood that he was saying, you, you, you were God's image. You belong to God. And they wanted to belong to themselves. They wanted to, they, you, they, sometimes they realized it, sometimes they didn't, but they wanted to use the religious system for their own personal gain. Yeah, so anyway, so my takeaway, so that, was, that was the number one takeaway. I enjoyed you hyperlinking to Genesis one twenty six, it was more than just getting a went around a trick. God was speaking volumes yeah. to who these people were, and 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 where they had failed. Yeah, they they chose not to take the mantle of the image that God had created them in. Yeah, and the inscription of the value yeah. of what He's given them to do. Well, there was there's so much there because I could have and probably should have built off of that that we're the image of God, and that's why the overturning of Roe versus Wade was. So significant. I didn't connect those. It, to, to somebody like yourself, it might have been like obvious, like, but, but I, that would have been great to have connect those dots. So you segued a little bit to Roe versus Wade, yeah. uh, if you want to talk about it just for a second. Don't sure. Wanna, don't want to yeah. beat down on it too hard. Uh, I, I went to law school, uh, took constitutional law my last year. I've been 2099 and 2000. And of course, that was a huge segment, Roe v. Wade in 72. Two and then the following big case of Casey 20 years later. And so I'd studied these cases. Listen, I'm 50 years old. All I've ever known in jurisprudence in the, in the American constitutional judicial system is you have a constitutional right to have an abortion. That's all I've ever known. And so think about it. I'm 50, and we all know in this room, that's old. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it is old. Uh Think about how many 15, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 44-year-olds have grown up embedded in their understanding of American jurisprudence that it's just as like a right that you can go drive your car, you can have an abortion. And how overwhelming, how overwhelming this decision can be to someone's understanding of American freedom and liberty. And so I'll commend you again on the grace and the truth of how you presented this monumental decision that that occurred last Friday in that the truth is the truth. God created us. It is his right to take, not our right to take. A baby is a baby is a person. It's not our rights to kill a baby, whether it's inside a womb or outside of a womb. But the grace part of that is... People have done it. People will want to do it. 
and the grace of them not understanding, even if they haven't done it or will never do it, the understanding of the quote-unquote rights that we really don't have. And so these should sponsor conversations in grace and truth and should not be a complete victory lap you know, around whatever victory lap you've got. Oh, it's a great listen. I've listened, focused on family my whole life, and every day it's like we got to pray for Roe v. Wade, and I'm like, ain't ever going to happen. Right. I know I'm the guy. Right. And it did happen. No, I didn't, I didn't think it would either. Yeah. And so, you know, Hope Pregnancy Center here in this community has been doing this for years and years, meeting young women or older women in complete crisis of what their future is going to look like, and they're giving them good counseling and options to say, hey, this is a baby. That's the truth. Grace, we're going to help you. We're going to help give you pampers or whatever diapers you use. We're going to maybe find somebody to adopt your child, take it to full term. It's going to work out. God's that big. And they have been doing that for years and years. Folks, this is more than just a baby. That's, that's big enough. But this is about two spiritual lives, a mama and a baby that need Jesus and need to see him one day forever. That's my big speech. Hey, appreciate what you said. I know a lot of people probably appreciate how you presented it, too. Thanks, man. It's a big deal. Justin, you were you you texted me immediately after I posted a video the other day. Mm-hmm. What, what struck you? So, you know, jurisprudence, uh, you know, I've heard that on TV a lot, um, so I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is just having the uh, just the grace to – to speak to people because again, you know, in, in a large body of people as the church, you know, you're going to have varying opinions on this issue. Um, and to be able to talk to both sides without, you know, politicizing it or making it about right or wrong, you know, just, just give the glory to God and, and, and what he's done and, and let's love people through this. You know, they're like Jonathan said earlier, you know, you, you have a designed purpose, uh, and it's hard to get to your design purpose if you'd never make it from the womb. So just being able to communicate that so effectively and, and loving and, and, and coming from, you know, a, a heart that's after God's, you know, just knowing that this is how this has to be delivered um, to reach people is just super powerful. And uh, I, I think that was handled beautifully. And again, that, I think I told you this, you know, that only comes from spending time with God and spending time in his word. And, and really, you know, letting the Holy Spirit have its way with you. So, love you. Love you, man. I, I started to read Exodus on Monday. And in the first chapter, uh, I was just struck by this. Uh, I'll just read Exodus one fifteen. Then the, then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shephara and the other Puah, when you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. I thought, well, there's, there it is. It's the fear of God that causes us to respect God as the author of life, that causes us to want to let every baby in the womb live. I just thought, you know, it's it's amazing when you open up the sacred scriptures and they speak right to the issue that you're 
you're carrying. I like so many things I felt so, you know, ill-equipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was grateful in the grace and truth was the compass. Mm-hmm. And that was what I was seeking to convey. I got an email from a woman who did not attend church on Sunday because she thought everybody was going to be celebrating and she wasn't celebrating. And she said she pulled it up online and she said she just wept because of the tone that I struck, which is amazing to me that she has a differing perspective and yet was able to receive what I shared and it was meaningful to her. So glory to God indeed. And what an opportunity we have mm-hmm. and will ha- continue to have to meet women in their in their place of need. I'm excited to see how our church will be able to minister to many. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Well, I'm uh, JV. I'm I'm heading out this after the, after I preach this Sunday. Heading out for several weeks, stacking my vacation on top of each other. And Pastor Tim's going to preach for four weeks in a row. He's got a series that he's going to do. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, he gave me a little sneak peek. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be out one or two of those, but I'll be listening listening online. So, um, but I look forward to listen to his uh, four weeks of sermons. We won't be. We'll have podcasts. We will. We'll have, we're going to do some special episodes of podcasts. Right. So stay tuned. It's going to be a little different, but we think it's going to give you some 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 fun and engaging things to listen to through the summer. That's right. So we'll go live back again in August. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Go back live in August That's and right. uh, look forward to it. Uh, Justin Kleinard, any last thoughts? Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just been waiting. He's been waiting to do that. Uh, hey, brother, we appreciate you coming. I know it wasn't early for you because uh, no. you get up early in the morning. No, but, thank you for making the time to come in and but having to miss share a little, little work of this your story. Th- thank you for your, your stewardship and guidance and Thank my employer for allowing me to come do this. Oh, yes. They're great folks. Your employees <laughs> yes, are great indeed. folks. They are yes, really good. Uh, we do appreciate your, uh, Freddie tells me every every podcast how much you say it or you see it to me on church. Uh, we appreciate you supporting. We never know. We sit in this little room and we sit there and talk about, talk about, and talk about. And we don't know if people's listening or not or get anything from it. We do appreciate your feedback on that. And so as long as this is being used by God to encourage the brethren Brothers and sisters out there, um, we'll keep doing it. Yeah, in a, in a in a very real way, you've been a part of this ministry because your encouragement. You know, as we began to get going, your encouragement was like, "All right, I guess we'll keep going." You know, it's <laughs> it's it's making a difference. You know, you at least have one listener. So yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. Go. Love you, man. <laughs> keep hey guys, it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real, keep it Jesus.